0: Blake, do you ever feel like, you know, especially at the beginning of the year that there's a whole bag of 20 of the year, the previous year's stuff that you're bringing on top of what you're looking forward to in the new year?
1: Mm. Yeah, that feeling where you kind of just – all the stuff, especially if you didn't hit a specific goal, but even if you did hit a goal, if it was about your everyday life, like let's say you had an income goal, well, Mm -hmm. you probably still want to make an income This year, right? Just because you hit, or (laughs) maybe you came close last year, (laughs) or maybe it's a you know you had exercise goals, you had all of these other things, or just life commitments, right? I think it's the temptation sometimes is just to add on top of stuff. Be like, oh well, let's do it all again, or let's go even further, or let's add it out a little bit, five more goals, or or a bunch new a bunch of more things on top of what I was already doing previously, and. Uh, especially if you're a high-achieving personality, I think the temptation is that, hey, I'm just going to go, just go, just go. I'm going to 2X and then I'm going to 2X, 3X and 5X and I'm going to 10X my whole life. (laughs) And I think that obviously that's, you know, that's admirable to an extent. But if things never slow down, uh, if things, if you're always just adding, adding, this mentality that you're it, it will all just pay off if you just keep doing more and more and more i think is a flawed mentality and for me personally uh <laughs> i don't know if you've been here verbs but my physical body will tell me when i've been operating by Absolutely. that mentality because i get really sick or mm-hmm. um the first time i get a break or allow myself to take a rest it's not even rejuvenating it's like all of a sudden I get sick with something or uh I remember one time I was like just going, 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 going. And then it was like my first breath I took. It felt like I had a break in my schedule and I ended up getting shingles. And it like, that, that's not a pleasant experience. Wow. I don't recommend that to anybody. That doesn't, it doesn't um, sound like a pleasant experience. Shingles. No, but but even if your body doesn't break down, I think even mentally yeah, you can feel that or emotionally. Has that ever happened to you, Verbs?
0: The idea that you can tow both whatever you didn't land in the previous year and the new year, um, it's going to exhaust you because you're you're a finite being. At some point, even though everything didn't land the way you wanted it to, um, you have to have a plan out of that. And that's what we're going to talk about today is just how do you embrace these constraints and learn to live and work within them? So that you can improve the experience, you can maximize your results and really just enjoy life more in the whole process. So we have three ways that you can leverage constraints to maximize your output for incredible results. Sorry, man. So there, There's actually a cue there, and I totally, by the time I realized what was happening, I missed it.
3: All right, here we go. We're doing it again. Take two. Here we go.
0: Let's do it. Take two.
3: <laughs>
0: Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet so you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start Loving Mondays. I'm Verbs, here with my man, Blake Stratton. Happy Monday to you, Blake. How's it going?
1: Happy Monday to you, Verbs. I'm kind of embarrassed. I totally, I was trying to get the claps right to that great intro groove we have. I didn't quite get them right, but that's why, ladies and gentlemen, we have chosen strategically an audio medium to come to you, so that you don't have to see <laughs> just how uh, embarrassing visuals my dancing coming at is.
0: You. Yes,
1: <laughs> the, the benefits yeah, of technology. Yeah, you know what? Man. You know what? You know what it is, Verbs. It's an intentional constraint, isn't it? You know, ah. It could be that we. I can't tell you how many broadcasting companies. I mean, Nick, our producer, gets asked probably every week, right, Nick? It's like NBC, you know, ABC, all uh, cable channels, networks, Netflix is called. Please put focus on this all over the world. We want to turn it into a movie. Can we get the movie rights? And we just say no, no. We're here to do a podcast. We're going to do an intentional constraint. So, thanks for joining us again. You that might nice. hear. Uh, We've actually are under a constraint, even in the number of hosts. We're missing one, Courtney Baker. Uh, please don't turn that dial, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's just Verbs and myself, and of course our producer Nick here. But uh, Courtney uh, will be back with us. She's soon. living it up right now. Yeah, she's living it up. Um, but here we are talking about really a perspective shift, Verbs. I think. For a lot of us, we, and I think culture can perpetuate this, if we want to have more, uh, experience more, more, greater emotional Mm -hmm. fulfillment, uh, greater financial or career achievement, you name it, if we want to have more, we have to be doing more and more and more. Right. That's one perspective. The perspective we're talking about today is, what if we embraced constraints would it be possible to actually get a greater return from our efforts Mm -hmm. by embracing constraints rather than simply layering more and more things on our schedule? So, that's what we're about. And uh, we've got three constraints, I guess, for you to think about applying to your life.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important to mention too, Blake, if anybody who's listening may have been Michael Hyden and company followers, you know, for a few years- four or more years when it comes to constraints and setting goals for the new year, you might have noticed that our, um, our thinking on this based really on some of the science with goal achievement has shifted and adjusted. And I believe where we've landed at, where we are now is, is probably the best spot we've been at as far as the amount of goals that you would set uh, per year or per quarter. And I think uh, because of where we're at now, we're starting to see some, some pretty cool success. So constraint number one is goals. Now, this is important because we're saying two to three goals per quarter is probably going to give you the best results, or at least the results that you're looking for when it comes to goal achievement.
1: The hardest time to set two to three goals verbs is in January and February, that first quarter. Why is because
0: <laughs> I agree. I think... So why, why is that?
1: <laughs> well, we finish the previous year and- whether we ended on a high or we ended on a low or somewhere in between, we typically have a time to reflect. We have this fresh start effect that happens in our brains where it's a new year Mm -hmm. and we start to examine different aspects of our lives, our different life domains. And when you pause and reflect and look at all your different life domains, most of us, you know, we see areas that we'd like to have improvement. Right. And maybe we do a course like your best year ever or something like that. And, we go through this process like man i'm i'm starting to get in rhythm of setting goals and i'm believing more in my possibilities and before you know it you're like and i want this goal and i'm going to run a marathon and i'm going to make a million dollars and also i'm going to change my career and i'm going to start a blog and blog post probably twice a day on my youtube channel and i'm going to make 10 new friends every week and it's like we start thinking in terms of idealism sure and all the things we want to do and we end up overcrowding our schedule And the irony is that the mentality of I need to have more goals if I want to have greater change in my life Mm -hmm. is that the opposite is true. If you want greater change in your life, you should actually limit the amount of goals you have because more than three, you're asking for being stretched too thin. Yeah. And before you know it, you're not able to actually make progress, much progress in any area,
0: right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, and I was laughing when you said that because I did this exact thing uh, at the beginning of this year while setting up and framing up uh, my goals for for 2022. And I got to that. I was going through the course, your best year ever. So I got into that exercise of, hey, what do you want the end of the year to look like? So I'm jotting down just a bunch of ideas. Then when I got down to actually formulating my, my goals, it was like, man, I'm not going to be able to do all this stuff um, if I, if I'm set two to three per, per quarter and eight for the whole year, but it forced me to really examine, Hey, do I really, is this really a goal? First of all, or is it just something, Hey, I want to do something I want to accomplish. Is it just, is it a project, but is it worthy of goal status? And if not, then let me go ahead and, you know, move that, remove that from the list and just focus on these actual goals. It's really going to, you know, move the ball down the field, so to speak for 2022. Otherwise. When you're committing to all this stuff, you forget that there's other areas of life that you also have to live, and you have to take those things into account also, uh, and not just you know professionally, but personally, and what other other relational, uh, all the other domains that you want to just grow in for the year.
1: Even if you have eight goals for the whole year, I think it's tempting to just want to get started, or just let's do them all right now, because I'd love sure. for all this to be different tomorrow. So, although you can have more than two or three goals for th- through the course of the whole year, I think another constraint to practice is the practice of prioritization to say, mm-hmm. what goal, if I were to accomplish it in the first quarter, would make these other goals that I have easier to accomplish? That's good. So, let's say, for instance, you've got some, uh, you know, a habit goal to – do your morning ritual starting at 6 a.m. every day. Mm-hmm. And you also have a goal to read 40 new books throughout the year. Well, you may find, hey, I maybe I should focus first on establishing this habit of my morning ritual because sure. if I'd nail that and that no longer takes any energy forethought, it's just an automatic rhythm of my life Well, now I've installed time, I've installed margin that I can leverage to reach these other goals like reading more books. So, that's one example. But if you feel like, oh, well, you guys are just trying to sell me short and I know I can accomplish more, I think it's highly, highly strategic because where you have greater focus, you have greater power. Mm -hmm. And so, think in terms of constraint, but also that prioritization of, you know, how, how could I nail one or two or three goals this first quarter such that it makes these other goals I have a lot easier to manage. And kind of be, be your own advocate. Be on the team of your future success.
0: Nice. I like that. All right. So let's move on to constraint number two. Uh, constraint number one was goals. Constraint number two is tasks. Tasks task, and in particular, the daily big three.
1: The daily big three. Now, this is um, my personal workout plan we're referencing, right? Where I just put 500 pounds on the squat rack, <laughs> I just do three, and then I'm good. You're good to go. Um, no. Uh, let's see. Daily big three. How do we want to talk about this, Verbs? This is We talk about a big three all the time. We talked about two or three goals. This constraint, the daily big three is talking about our task list, right? So Correct. My guess is if you're listening to this, you're you're doing a productivity podcast. You've probably tried to keep a to-do list. You probably keep a to-do list. Maybe you even use the planner that we sell to to have your to-do list. And my guess is, statistically, you probably have today, as you're listening, 15 to 20 different things that you feel like you've got to get done today on your task list. They're all important. And they all <laughs> they all feel important. They all yep. need to get done. And maybe you've had this experience where you start the day with 15 things to do. You actually get a lot of those things done, maybe even all of them, but you still end your day with about 15 things to do, right? Because as our day goes on, it's like whack-a-mole, right? <laughs> you knock one thing down, another thing crops up that you weren't, expecting to crop up. So, Verbs, talk about this. Have you, you're someone that I know, just looking over your shoulder and the projects that you're working on, there's always a lot to get done. I'm really curious how you leverage this constraint on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, and I think it's important to remember that, you know, these, these daily big three are our most high leverage items that we need to complete for the day. And that most of the time, these should already be on your radar from uh, if you're walking through your weekly preview process, you kind of know, hey, this is coming down the pike for the week. Um, And these are going to be the important things that I need to accomplish each day that qualify themselves as a daily big three item. So I know for me, just in my rhythm of work and what I do, most of it is project based um, tasks that need to be accomplished because eventually I'm going to pass that on to someone else who needs it in the time he's timiest manner as well. So for me, the daily big three is, is pretty easy to identify, even though there's always a bunch of smaller tasks that might feed into that project. But I know if I chase those things down, then I'm going to get distracted. It's going to take up more time than I thought it would. But identifying the daily big three for me, normally is pretty easy because a lot of my work is project project based. So it's easy to say, hey, I can't spend time kind of getting into the woods on these smaller tasks. What I normally will do is write those tasks down inside my planner, put a little box to it. I may get to those during that day after I've completed my daily big three, or I know that I'm at least setting up so I can push them uh, tomorrow or a different day in the week where I know that I can actually knock those off, uh, knock those off the list. So um, that's kind of how I avoid getting buried in those smaller tasks. that end up taking a lot of time that, you know, you get to the end of the day and it's like, oh man. What did I do with the entire day? I have nothing really substantial to show for it that fed into my my highest leverage work.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's good. There's definitely a stronger sense of control and visibility mm-hmm. and power over your workday, even if it is busy. Let's just look at productivity. So much of it is a mental game. It's a mm-hmm. stamina game of your mental and emotional capacity and endurance, I know that I've had days where I actually am very, very productive. I I, I do a lot of different things, but I didn't identify my daily big three. I end my day mentally feeling just as chaotic or uh, disjointed, separate as I did when I started. There's still that feeling of, am I doing enough? I can remember, I've referenced it on this podcast a number of times, literally having sleepless nights or, or nights where I'd wake up, you know, in the middle of the night and my head just starts, my brain just starts cooking with, oh, wait, did I do that? Or I should probably do this tomorrow. And your brain's just always working. And that's a recipe for burnout. If, if that's how you're living your life, it's just running, 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 kind of an endless treadmill. Another thing that happens is you make a to-do list of 30 things Every day you just have a long to-do list and every day you break a little promise to yourself. Every day you say, my word is not that strong because I wrote down 12 things, I only got done six. You feel bad, you feel guilty, you feel on maybe even a subconscious level, your integrity getting dinged and yet you've probably had a really successful day, right? right? You probably actually got stuff done but you bring that energy to the next day and you go, gosh, when is this going to end? Rather than going into the next day feeling like, you know what? I, I got a win yesterday and I'm going to win again today. I'm telling you that compounds, that energy compounds over time to long-term success or long-term I want to quit or I, I resent my work or I, you name it, right? Yeah. So, that is, I think, something I would want you to catch if you're listening and struggle to uh, wrap your arms around this idea of setting a big three. Think in terms of the long game. think in terms of defining a clear win for yourself. So you go, you know what? I've my two wins are gonna happen. I'm gonna identify what's most important. I'm gonna exercise my executive function, Set those priorities. I'm going to check off those three things and say, you know what, win, lose, or draw. I got those three things done. I moved closer towards my biggest priorities, my biggest goals for the quarter. Maybe everything else is gravy. Mm-hmm. You're going to sleep better at night. I promise you. Yeah. <laughs> and the next day, you're actually going to perform better than if you had gotten 12 things done, but were in chaos. Yeah.
0: Constraint number two was tasks, in particular your daily big three. Moving on to constraint number three, workday startup shutdown ritual, which you just alluded to uh, in this in that last constraint.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. A workday startup and shutdown ritual. Let's let's define what this is. Have you noticed? Uh, Raise your hand if you're driving in your car, listening to a podcast and raise your hand. It might look weird, but just, just do, do it anyway. Just do a
0: pinky. Just raise your pinky do on a pink- the stairwell. Oh yeah, just
1: do that that pinky one, like when someone lets you there in, you, you know, and you just give them the pinky, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you've, before you've even gotten out of bed in the morning, you, you know, you turn off your alarm on your phone and you see you got an email and you just open your email. Or, you know, you're, you, you put your kid down at night or something, and it, you're just on the couch, uh, maybe you're watching a show or something, and, and you open up that email again, or you go, oh, right, I got. I just have to do a couple more things and finalize this for tomorrow. If we're not careful, our workday never really begins and never really ends. It just mm-hmm. kind of always is. The idea of this workday as it was 25 years ago, 30 years ago, is kind of done because our we don't go to our office. I mean, even if you do have an office you go to, your office travels with you in, in your pocket. It's your smartphone. You're always reachable to some extent. And what this creates is a lack of healthy boundaries around work and your personal life. And over time, again, this theme of the long game, you will start burning out. And you may not even notice it. But yeah. you will, you will. I promise you, be less effective during your day if you're always on. Even if it's at five percent, if you're always on, you're going to be slower and feel like I just need a break. So enter the workday startup and shutdown ritual. Verbs. Why don't you? Tell the people what exactly that is and what it looks like.
0: Maybe even in your own life. Sure. Yeah, and I think it's important to note also is you know not only will you be exhausted, but you'll never actually be present in other areas of your life because you're always in work mode. Because it's just that's a great point. You yep. know, forever that open window of things that you you can access at any point where you feel like you need to. But um, even as Blake mentioned, there's probably things or there's things that you're already doing in the morning time, in the evening time that you may not have necessarily uh, identified as a ritual quite yet. Um, and that's what the benefit of this is. Of this exercise is is, uh, this constraint is identifying what you do already to set you up for your day, to set you up for your work um, startup moment, as well as for your workday shutdown moments and your evening rituals. Let's say my end of my workday is 5 p.m. Then I know that I'm going to kick into my work day shutdown around 4:30, so I can start to taper down and get into that mentality of calling it, uh, you know, quits at five o'clock, so I can go on with the rest of my day and into my evening, whether it's you know family time, whether it's you know even more self care time, whatever it might be for you. Uh, it's just important to identify that so you know what's coming right from the start.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Your workday startup and shutdown are an opportunity both mentally, emotionally, and practically to warm up, to get in the zone, so to speak, and then to get out of the zone. So, for me, what I'm looking to accomplish with my workday startup is getting (laughs) kind of out of dad mode and out of that persona Mm -hmm. into, okay, I'm here to help our clients win at work and succeed at life. I might have to have some hard conversations with prospects today that have a lot of issues. Like I, I want to get into that headspace. Right. I also want to leverage the time to just accomplish some of those lower leverage, but important things as well. So for example, you mentioned checking email and checking Slack. If you struggle with always being in Slack and always being in email, the workday startup and shutdown is a great opportunity to get the bulk of that out of the way Right. Think of it as like a warm-up activity. <laughs> you know, it's probably not the most important thing you do, but it's a little bit of life maintenance, a little bit of work administrative maintenance that occurs as well. When I do that, <laughs> I am way more effective at work because I know what the plan is for the day. I know why I'm here. I've, the first thing I do in my workday startup is kind of a – I look at a document that sort of re- connects me to my why – at work, okay. I, I try to connect to that why every time I get into work, so that it, it takes me there a little bit emotionally, and then I can get excited and up for it.
0: Yeah. Um, now is this some? This is something you've written for yourself. It, it is. Like. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I just you know created a document to sort of yeah remind myself of like okay
0: who do I want to be
1: at work and 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 why is this important? I want to connect those dots. And, and setting the daily big three does that as well. You're sure. connecting the dots from the big goal to today's calendar and today's workday. The same is true uh, with the workday uh, shutdown. Now, I'm betting there's a lot of you out there that naturally do a workday startup. I, I used to do a lot of trainings for our, our team. I would go into to different uh, companies and I would say, "Here, who here kind of has a routine when you sit down at your desk or, or you get started at work? And, and almost every hand goes up. I said, "Okay, who here has a ritual that's specifically to end your workday?" Mm-hmm. Almost never do I see a hand get raised, and th- this is a powerful thing because when you get a hold of this, <laughs> if you're, you know, if you've if you've got a uh, a significant other, they will notice. They will they will be like, "Whoa!" Uh, <laughs> when I first started <laughs> to get a hold of this, the last thing that I would do in my workday. Uh, Shutdown was some kind of meditation or journal, some type of like, ah, like all right, it's 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 over. Work time's over. I'm entering into husband dad mode, and sometimes I'd feel guilty because that would take extra time. Mm-hmm. And if I'm already running late or things like that, I just oh, what am I going to do? It. And I remember the first time uh, or one of the first times I I skipped it because I was running late. And I came home. And within five minutes, my wife, Elena, said, hey, um, do you need to go do like a, a workday <laughs> shutdown or something? Because you're off. You're like not here. Go I mean, fix that. Thanks for, thanks for being here. But like she said, I would rather have 30 minutes less with you and have you be fully here Yeah. than for you to be here 30 minutes, you know, an extra 30 minutes, but not really be here, yeah. you know, mentally or emotionally. So, uh, use that time to tie up loose ends practically, but also use it to sort of disengage and go. All right, getting out of work mode, getting into personal life mode. Th- that's a challenge. That's a challenge sometimes if if you haven't done it before. Can I jump in here real
3: quick? And jump in, Nick. The water's warm. I, I'm. <laughs> if anyone knows anything about me through this show or other things that I've been on around the 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 virtual water cooler we're at, it's that I. Deal with a lot of weird internal feelings. I'm a four, Blake. You know this. Mm. <laughs> and all right. Did you bring your scuba gear today? <laughs> Are uh, you going deep? I, I did. I did bring my right. scuba gear. Here you go. Blah, 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 oh. blah. Andy, <laughs> really good. Let's go deep. Okay. Going deep. <laughs> <laughs> so one, Man, one of the ideas here that I think is interesting is that, and I got a 12-year-old, we use a the student planner, and The idea of a routine, and I know we're talking about like workday, startup routines, whatever, the word routine feels bad. (laughs) It doesn't feel Mm. great. And you sit there and you go, I need a new morning routine that feels like I'm at work already. But there is something Mm -hmm. very sacred about internalizing the idea of what a ritual is. Like routine, I feel like I'm George Jetson making sprockets or whatever. Um, but a ritual is like, I'm, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi or I'm a a Buddhist monk, right? And this is like a very important self connecting, family connecting, other connecting activity that I need to do and that I get to do. And I really think like, I really consciously say ritual. And if I catch myself saying routine, one of my quarter one goals is to to reestablish my morning ritual. So that I just want people to think through that and go. It's not like a punishment. Ugh, it's not a chore. It's like this mm. opportunity to connect to something bigger.
1: Yeah, I I think you're onto something because your mentality, even how you talk about something, really makes a difference. Again, in the long term. So if you associate a, a, a ritual, a routine, or something. As this work thing that in an ideal world you wouldn't do at all right then you're asking for more resistance than needs to be there and i think what you're saying is hey just the connotation of a routine i feel like <laughs> hey it's 6 a.m i'm not ready to work right now with this routine mm-hmm. right but associating it as a ritual for you changes how that feels, how that lands on an emotional level, which then enables you to have more success with it in the long
3: run. Yeah. I feel more disciplined if I do a ritual. Like Mm -hmm. that's something that disciplined people do because it's important and they can. So I just, if that's Mm -hmm. helpful for anybody, uh, please, uh, let me know in the Facebook community. (laughs) (laughs) What I have told
1: people, uh, when i would teach this stuff is i would ask hey does anyone have a a morning ritual and and maybe you know half the room will raise their hand and uh i don't know why i do this because i don't like when speakers or teachers will do this but it's a little bit of a gotcha where i'll say actually you all have a morning ritual whether you realize it or not Mm. so much of our life happens by programming by Mm -hmm. our our subconscious mind is is doing stuff if we were like consciously thinking of everything, our conscious mind's the creative mind. Our subconscious mind's really the doing mind, and so much of what we do is done without even thinking about it. Um, if we had to think about all of it, we'd like explode. It's way too much. I have to breathe in, breathe out. You know, we just we wouldn't be able to leave the room. So what I how I like to think of this, Nick, is kind of the concept of oh, I am. Like you, you mentioned, oh, I want to be the type of person that's disciplined. Kind of associating it as like a identity thing. Along those same lines, I'm thinking, okay, I'm all, I already have a ritual, mm-hmm. or I already am acting in a programmatic way, and my, and my. my Body's designed that way. My brain's designed that way to help take care of me and help me get what I want out of existence. Right. So, how can I partner with my natural design and kind of be on my own team for that? Like, kind of almost like I'm feeding the program a little bit.
3: Does that make sense? Yeah. You're not, you're not uh, inventing a new pattern. You're doing a thing of it. You're just editing in some way.
1: Editing, yes. And identifying. for some reason, that feels easier, you know, to feel like, oh, I got to do this whole. thing. it's like, no, no, no. Let's just make some edits to something that's already happening rather than just letting this program run by default. Let me tinker
3: with the program that's running. It's interesting. I was thinking more like spiritual in some way. And now we ended up mm-hmm. with computer. And I would totally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: they both work. Yep. We're just a bunch of spiritual computers over here. Ooh,
0: let's make that 90s album.
1: Computers by Radiohead.
0: So, the good news is you no longer have to experience diminishing returns by striving for more. You can truly maximize your output through the power of constraints by setting just two to three goals per quarter, selecting a daily big three, and instituting workday startup and shutdown rituals. Blake, you're actually the only one I can pose this question to. Actually, no. I think we should we should roll Nick into this question as well. But yeah, do you Nick. have any final thoughts for our focus on these listeners today?
3: Nick, What what is your final thought? You know, I think for me, out of all of this, the talk about the conversation around, which you got a little scuba, Blake, you didn't say it. Maybe you did. But the idea around our daily big three and this idea of our to-do list. And that there is this idea of you have a to-do list that never ends, that you provide a permission structure for yourself to not complete the tasks you write down. And this idea that we break promises to ourselves, and if my word to myself isn't meaningful, then I've sort of got a problem. That's not what you say. That's my Mm -hmm. take on that. Is I just Mm – what does it mean to go – I have prioritized certain tasks, and it feels good to finish those tasks. And just to do that for a few days and see the difference, it's much more empowering. I have my very best friend. I remember he used to keep a to-do list on paper, and then it transitioned into a computer list. And I remember one time he showed me, it was, he's a teacher. It was hundreds of items long. And he, like, loved it. And I was like, this is insane. (laughs) You're never, he's like, I'm never going to finish it. And I just don't, I mean, he was able to like brute force his way through it. I cannot do that. And so the ability to every day to literally turn the figurative page or figuratively turn the literal page, either way, feels <laughs> feels really, really good. And sometimes I find myself falling in the trap of of just letting these to-do lists kind of grow. And so that's something I'm also really focusing on is just being able to turn the page and know it's all settled. So I would encourage other people to to do that. And with that,
0: I think Nick should have the $100 token for the word he just used, permission structure. Mm. Very well done.
3: That's uh, the parent in me and the former teacher in me, but that's (laughs) talking about permission structures a lot. It sounds like a teacher
0: phrase for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Thank you for joining us on Focus on This. This is the most productive podcast on the internet. So share it with your friends and don't forget, join our Full Focus community right there on Facebook. We'll be here next week with another great episode. But until then, stay stay focused. focused.
2: This episode is brought to you by Life Focus, a new gamified approach to life planning that's easy, fun, and gives you a GPS for your next 10 years. You can start today at fullfocus.co/slash lifefocus.